Bokertov, good morning. Welcome everybody to the Aliyah Day. This is the uh, special series of Aliyot that we're going to have this week, uh, known as Pesach Insights, Passover Insights. We're going to look at some insights into the um, into the Haggadah. I was looking for another book. Oh, there it is over there. The, the Book of Our Heritage, looking at uh, Passover in general to try to get some uh, deeper, more sowed-level understanding of this very important holiday, and all the more important now because we're, as we've talked about many times, we have the pandemic. We, We literally have a plague outside. I mean, really. When we all sit down for Passover this year, we will be doing so for the first time in my lifetime with a literal plague at the door, so to speak. And so that's uh, that's crazy. But it's it's obviously Hashem is doing something. Hashem is working in our lives. Hashem wants us to... Um, uh, he's doing some kind of healing to the entire world, right? To the entire universe. So we'll be talking about Passover this week. So I'm glad you were here. There are some special readings for uh, Passover, particularly for the Yom Tov, uh, for each day of the week, really. But for the Yom Tov, for the Shabbat Kol Hamod, and for the uh, Achron Shel Pesach, or what's called the seventh day of Pesach. So I put those special readings in the in the description of um, of this um, uh, video, so you can find those readings there and and what have you. We're not necessarily going to be focusing on them during these aliyah, we'll be looking more at insights specifically into Passover and to the Haggadah, but they're there. I also want to say thank you for everybody who joined us yesterday for the service. It was uh, wonderful and amazing. And to Darabah, to Hillel for his beautiful uh, performance and uh, providing for us some music. That was wonderful. Uh Hillel has his own uh, channel on YouTube. We need to try to get him to 1,000 subscriptions. So uh, I'm going to put later, I'll put uh, his link in the comments to this video. And so if you really enjoy, um, you know, Hebrew music and there's a lot of originals that he has written, then you'll enjoy that channel. And so I want to let's all help him get to 1,000 subscriptions. So Without further ado, let's welcome our family, shall we? We are all quarantined together. Uh, Celia, look at her. There she is. Welcome. Glad you were here. Rachel. Rachel from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Precious Rachel, glad you were here, my dear. Sue, also there. Welcome. Stephanie, welcome. Glad you're here. And uh, Ryan, glad you were here. And who else do we have? Sue Ellen. Who else? Also is from Oklahoma, Tulsa area. Glad you're here. And Claire, welcome. Uh, Ryan and Claire are from South Africa. I find that just a fascinating. One day we'll have to go to South Africa and uh, go on a, a safari. My friend Avi, um, who has the shofar factory in Tel Aviv, he goes there all the time because that's where they get the um, the shofarot, at least at least uh, mostly. Dominique, there's Dominique. In Kansas City. Marie, welcome from uh, Nueve, Carolina. Glad you're here. Devora Covington, glad you are here. And Devora Borroyo, glad you are here. Anita, look at that. Anita Detello, the Detello family. Wonderful family. 
beautiful family from Kansas. Glad you were here. Leah from Kentucky. And look at Shem. There's Shem Barrayo. Hello, Shem. How are you doing? Glad you're here, sir. Um, Shana Ruth and Shalom. Yes, it is foggy in Fort Worth. Glad you are here. Baruch Hashem. All these precious folks. Estella, Robert, Gabriella. Gabrielle Slika from Germany. Joy from New Hampshire. Glad you're here. Miguel, Leonard and Vicky. You know, uh, and Shimon. There's Shimon watching from Tulsa. And Lynn, it's wonderful to have so many people in the family, isn't it? Have so many folks with whom you are connected. Keturah, Shlomo. There is Shlomo. Shlomo and his uh, family will be joining us for our uh, Seder here at the Shul that we will be broadcasting live on live stream. It'll just uh, be uh, Rebetzin and myself and Hadassah. Raquel is in Tulsa, so naturally she won't be able to be with us. But um, And then Keturah and uh, Shlomo and Tirza. And we'll just, uh, just, just all of us having a Passover Seder here in the Judah room, which is appropriate. Um, and we're broadcasting that live for everybody to see. You can join in with us and join our Pesach Seder. It'll be wonderful. It'll be amazing. And uh, be lots of fun. So that's going to happen Wednesday night at uh, about 7.30. And uh, that will be Baruch Hashem. Um, and then on Thursday morning, we have a service uh, for the Yom Tom of Pesach. And then, of course, we have the Pesach, uh, Shabbat Kol Hamoed. And then, then we have the Akron Shel Pesach later uh, next week a, week, a week from Wednesday. So Baruch Hashem. That's all we have uh, going on there. Welcome, everybody. A lot, a lot more people have, have jumped on here, so glad you are all with us. Welcome. We are, as I said, going to be talking about the Passover Seder. I'm going to share some insights this morning from a book called The Three Festivals, which is a wonderful book, and this brings down insights into the three festivals from Cephas Ames. Cephas Ames, one of my favorite uh, commentators. Uh, if... What it says in three festivals, you might ask yourself, what do you mean three festivals? Well, this is talking about uh, the three major festivals that we were supposed to um, make Aliyah to Jerusalem for, which was Passover, uh, Shavuot, and Sukkot. Now, something that gets missed, um, it doesn't get missed, but you know, we don't think about it, is the fact that we're about to start counting the Omer. So that's exciting. When do we start counting the Omer? We start counting the Omer on the 16th of Nisan, which means that the, uh, in this case, Thursday night. So Wednesday night we have the Seder. Uh, that's the 14th of Nisan, which as at nightfall is the 15th of Nisan. The next day is the 15th of Nisan. Technically, that's Pesach. That day is Pesach. Now we say colloquially, that the whole week is Passover week, but in fact, if we want to be technical, that day is Passover. That night, uh, so we'll, we'll have a, a, a Havdalah for the Yom Tov that night, and in this case, it'll be Thursday night. Thursday night will be the night of the 15th. When sun sets, it's the 16th of Nisan, which of course would be uh, Viernes, or Friday. Um... 
so therefore, on Thursday night, we would count the first Omer, right? We're going to count that for 50 days leading up to Shavuot. Why? Because in actuality, Shavuot is the conclusion. It, it's connected directly to Passover. It is connected vis-a-vis -vis the Omer. Now, why is it connected? Well, remember there's a, there is a, a statement in one of Paul's letters where he says that Mashiach is that to which the Torah points. Now, some of the translations erroneously translates and, and says that Messiah is the end of the law, which is a mistranslation. It, it's supposed to be translated as the, the, that to which he's, he's the, the thing, if you will, to, to which the uh, law points. Messiah can't be the end of the law because the law can't end, right? You can, let me put it this way, see if this makes sense to you. You cannot end that which is eternal, Right? So the law says of itself that it's eternal, which means forever. So therefore, you can't end that which is eternal. Right? So the Messiah can't end the law, and he didn't end the law, but the law, the, the law is, is, it points to the Messiah. Well, in this case, Shavuot is a celebration of the giving of the law, right? And Passover is is pointing to that effect. So the whole point of the Exodus, the whole point of the Passover, was so that we could go and worship God on his mountain. Now, Hashem defines worship differently than many other people do. Hashem's definition of worship is following his will, following his Torah. So therefore, the whole point of the Exodus is to take us to Mount Sinai so that we can, ex we can uh, receive the Torah. It's quite the opposite of what many people believe theologically. They believe that we had the law and that the purpose of the Exodus, the purpose of the lamb being slain, was to take us away from the law, to, re to uh, un unleash the chains of the law. The problem is, is that that doesn't fit with the pattern. The pattern says that we were in Egypt, we were idolaters in Egypt, i.e. sinners, that we could not free ourselves, that God had to come and set us free. Ultimately, when it was all said and done, we were set free by the blood of the Lamb, and we went from, from that experience to the Red Sea, which is the mikvah, or the immersion in water. And we went from the Red Sea, uh, the next stop, so we were saved by the blood, immersed in water, and then the next stop on the train was to receive the Torah of God so that we could be Torah keepers on our way to the promised land. That's the pattern. Anything outside of that pattern has to be rejected. So if it doesn't fit the pattern, it's rejected. right? So if you say, well, actually God set us free by the blood of the Lamb. He water baptized us. Uh, so that we could destroy the Torah and go to the promise. That doesn't fit the pattern, so therefore it that theology has to be rejected. This makes it so easy and so uncomplicated. You don't have to be a scholar. You just have to follow the pattern. It's really not hard. It's like Hansel and Gretel. You just follow the crumbs. That's all you have to do. In this case, the matzah. So we come to Passover, and then we count the from the 16th of Nisan, 50 days all the way to Shavuot, and that's how those two things are related. So... 
why do we have a Seder? So one of the one of the names of Passover night is Leil Seder. That is a night of order. The word Seder means order. When we have Arab Shabbat, um, we are we have an Arab Shabbat Seder. There's an there's simply an order uh, to the way in which we do things. So why do we have the Seder? So this is the answer from Sefis Ames. He says, We may say that a function of the Seder is to instill a sense of order to the events of the Exodus, as we shall explain. So many, many, many uh, centuries ago, the duly appointed judges of Israel established what would be for us the Seder, right? Now, there's many people, this is just an aside, it's, it's not, I don't intend this to be a, a criticism, I intend it to be a Selah moment, okay? Because there's all kinds of people who watch the Aliyah Day. There's 69 or 70 people right now. There's so many people that are commenting right now and everything. Um, but there's also hundreds of other people who watch the Aliyah Day throughout the week. Um, and many of those people are new or what have you. But there's some people that, um, and I just want you to think about this. It's a Selah moment. It's Again, it's not to be critical. It's just to get people to think. Because a lot of times, if we'll just think about what we're doing, then that will correct our, correct our behavior. We just think about it, like put two and two together. Okay, so there's people who say, I don't believe in the oral tradition. I don't believe in what those rabbis, those rascally rabbis uh, because, you know, they were always out to destroy us. And I know they told me what the Torah was. But besides that, they're rascally. And so I'm, I'm, I don't want to do anything they say. I want to be word of God only. And then you find out they're having a Passover Seder. Well, and then you find out that the Passover Seder they're having, there's a Seder plate, and they're having um, four glasses of wine, and they're having... You know the matzah's covered up, and they're you know, and they're doing, and you you you, you kind of scratch your head and go, well, what what are you doing? Well, we're having a Passover seder. This is the way that you do it. You do it like this, and I read this online, and blah blah. blah. Yeah, but but who told you how to do it that way? Did you read that in the book of Exodus? No. So on the one hand, you're rejecting the rabbis while you're doing what they say. This is weird. And I'm not being critical. I just want people to stop and go, aha, maybe, maybe this isn't as, as evil as I've been said, said it was. So there are steps to the Passover Seder. Here are the steps. There are actually 15 steps. Um, 15 steps of the Passover Seder. That is, not by, that is not by accident. There are 15 Psalms of Ascent. And there were 15 steps that lead, or led rather, into the temple court, the, the temple uh, itself. Here are the 15 steps of the Pesach Seder. I'm just going to line them out. We're going to be talking about them throughout the week, but I'm just going to lay out these 15 steps. There's Kiddush, or, or sometimes uh, called Kaddish. The Ukhats, the Karpus, the Yachatz, the Magid, the Megid is the telling of the, the story. Sometimes there are rabbis who are called a Megid. And a Megid can also mean like a, 
um, a preacher, a storyteller, or perhaps like a uh, like the old time think about like the old time circuit rider preachers. Um, uh, the the rachza, the motzi, the matzah, the maror, the korek, the shulchan aruch. That's the uh, the shulchan orek. Excuse me. The zafun, barek, halel, and nirza. Now again, we'll be talking about these fifteen steps in uh, a little bit more detail, Bezrat Hashem. But I just want to lay out for you these fifteen steps and why we have uh, them to begin with. It says here the seder is far more than a replay of the same rituals year after year. On the contrary, writes Seifus Amos that each successful Seder adds meaning to the original events and brings us closer to the final redemption. So that's a beautiful thought, meaning that when we have a Seder each and every year, it's not just that we are repeating what we did last year or we're just remembering what we did last year. Like I said in the drosh yesterday, we're supposed to see ourselves as this happened to us. This is our story. We are required to see ourselves as if this personally happened to us. But more than that, each and every year is a step up the ladder, so to speak, a step up the staircase towards the final redemption. Wow. So you thought that the Seder you're doing this year was like the one you did the year before, or maybe the year before that, and, you know, it's fun to do it again, but you didn't realize that this Seder this year is a new elevation for you. That's, that's a really, really deep thought. That as we do, as we have each and every Seder, we are ascending ever so cl more, clo or, or more closely to the final redemption, maybe sooner in our day. Now, by the way, there's there's a lot to say. I don't. I'm trying my best not to uh, get off on rabbit trails and 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 what have you. But something just popped in my mind that's probably worth saying because a lot of people don't understand uh, what the Passover lamb represented. Okay, itself. The Passover lamb. Many people think that the because they hear the phrase the Lamb of God that brings takes away the sins of the world, and they immediately think about the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb was not a sin offering. The Passover lamb was about freedom. The Passover lamb was about the freedom to be released from slavery in, in order that we can serve God, that is, keep his Torah. So it's, it's really kind of an oxymoron to suggest that, you, that one has the Passover lamb but rejects the Torah. Because the whole purpose of the Passover lamb was to take us to Sinai to give us the freedom to keep God's word. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, he says, What I want to do, I don't, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. Who will deliver me from this death? Thanks be to Hashem, Mashiach Yeshua, will set me free so that I can actually accomplish what I want to accomplish. Now, one says, well, we have to have uh, freedom, right? We have to have freedom, right? Uh, we have to have atonement. 
So where do we get the atonement? The answer for that comes from the Yom Kippur goat. That's where the atonement comes into play. We're set free at Passover. We are given atonement at Yom Kippur. But wait, you say. Yeshua didn't come twice. <clears throat> he wasn't crucified twice. So how do you explain that? Well, that's why it says in the prophet Joel. Um, I don't, for the second time, I won't turn there. I believe it's in the second chapter. It talks about that we're going to be given a teacher of righteousness, right? It says this in the prophet Joel. And that he's going to give us the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, a former rain and latter rain is a euphemism for the two main festival seasons that have at their nucleus the two main offerings, the former rain being the spring festival of Passover, which the nucleus of that is the lamb, and the latter rain being the fall festival of, of Yom Kippur, which is uh, in Sukkot and in Rosh Hashanah, and the nucleus of that is the atonement goat. So what Yeshua did is he accomplished the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And it was so beautiful what Zach and Yosef pointed out yesterday uh, that the, the, the Romans were mocking Yeshua by putting a crown on him and bowing down to him and calling him the king in Nisan when it just so happens, unbeknownst to them, that's exactly when you crown a king and begin to count his reign. Moreover, it says that the non-Jews will be grafted into the Torah vis-a-vis -vis the crowns of the Torah. So that when they put the crown on Messiah, they thought they were mocking him, but in fact they were they were they were um, they were fulfilling a prophecy, or they were affirming the fact that they will be one day grafted in vis-a-vis -vis that crown. So it goes on to say here in Safis Amos, the final redemption cannot take place. Now this is a very important statement I'm about to read here. The final redemption cannot take place. I'm just read that one more time. Because as I'm reading this, I want you to think about something that Yeshua said. I want you to think about the fact that Yeshua said that, that the end will come that means the final redemption, when this gospel is preached, not a gospel, very important, because Hashem told Moses, I want you to strike the rock, or excuse me, speak to the rock. He didn't say a rock, just go find any rock you want, uh, whatever you want, go find a Baptist rock, go find a Methodist rock, go find a Buddhist rock, go find a Muslim rock, go find a Pentecostal rock, Reform rock. It doesn't matter. Just find a rock and all, all rocks lead to the water. That's not what he said. He said, go find the rock. Because there's only one. There is a gospel. And Yeshua said, when this gospel is preached, then the end will come. Now it says here, now with that in mind, it says the final redemption cannot take place until we fully understand the meaning of the Exodus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have been saying this for decades. 
that one of the big problems in the so-called Guf HaMashiach, the body of Messiah, is that the theology that they have doesn't fit in any way, shape, or form the pattern of the Exodus. And of course it doesn't, because everybody's been taught, don't even read the Old Testament. I hate that term, but I'm using it just because that's what people say. Don't even read it. It's not really relevant. I mean, you can read it. It's good. It, it makes good story time. You know, um, it's good for children's uh, church. But otherwise, don't read it. Just focus on Galatians. Uh, but in actuality, it says here, if we don't understand the meaning of the Exodus, then the final redemption cannot come. Is it possible that the reason we haven't seen the the final redemption, even though in every corner of the world, the gospel of JC is proclaimed. Now, somebody's out there saying, well, I know one Indian tribe out there in the Amazon I ain't heard yet. Come on. Seriously. Every blade of grass on this planet has heard the Christian gospel. All right? And yet, there's no final redemption. So either two things are possible. It can only be one of two things. Number one, Yeshua was lying. Hasve Shalom. Or number two, the gospel hasn't been preached yet. Whoa. Well, because the gospel that is presently out there does not fit the Exodus, meaning that the lamb doesn't lead us to the water mikvah, which doesn't lead us to the Torah. In fact, it's the opposite direction. It's almost as if we were at Sinai and we went to the water to get the lamb so we wouldn't have Torah, so we go back to Egypt and worship the Egyptian gods again. It's the gospel we have now actually takes us in reverse order. We go from Sinai to Egypt. We actually enter Egypt via, via the Lamb. That's Wow. If you really think about it, that's the gospel we have today. The gospel we have today actually takes us back to Egypt, and the way that we get back to Egypt is through the Lamb. Instead of leaving Egypt by the blood of the Lamb. So it says, by finding a new meaning in the story of the Exodus each year and giving Seder, that is, order to our understanding of that first night of our freedom. This is the Festival of Freedom, by the way. It's one of the names of this festival. We bring closer Mashiach's arrival in the final redemption. Oh my gosh, I wish you could understand this. And I know you do. But the more that we keep the Passover properly... Right? The closer we bring we bring the Mashiach's arrival. Why? Because we're preaching this gospel. The gospel of Moses. The original gospel. The gospel that said, let my people go so that they can worship me on that mountain. Not so that they can bypass the mountain and celebrate. Listen, do you understand that when Moses just when he broke the tablets, when he broke the tablets of the law, the people that were sinners and everybody there, that we all went into intense mourning 
let me say, let me rephrase this. When Moses broke the tablets of the law, the people of the covenant, the people of God, rent their garments. They were beside themselves with grief. They understood that this was really, really, really bad. Moses went back up to the mountain and pleaded with God, don't kill them. But today, the people of God see the, the, the law of Moses, the Torah of God, broken in a thousand pieces on the ground, and they're celebrating as if it was a good thing. They're excited that the law isn't for today, that it's been crushed and destroyed. But in the original gospel, when the people saw the tablets broken, they were heartbroken. And they realized that those tablets had been broken because of their sin, and they were ashamed, and they were terrified, and they didn't want to move from where they were until things were restored. But today, when we have preachers that say the law's been destroyed in Messiah, everybody says, praise God, Baruch Hashem, that's awesome. Oh man, how? Thank you, Jesus. I've been set free. And that's why the redemption hasn't happened today. That's why we have COVID-19. That's why we still haven't seen Ghana Den, because this gospel has been preached. Because there's so many people who claim to believe in the God of Abraham, who claim to follow the Messiah of the gospels, then instead of having Passover Seder, if there, if there wasn't a plague outside, they'd be collecting Easter eggs from the goddess's star. That might make some people uncomfortable, but the reality is it's it, ha it has taken God shutting down the world, creating a pandemic, so that we'll get in our homes and have a Passover Seder. Maybe he's going to bring Mashiach this year. That's fine by me. Bo Mashiach. Aksha, Belachasha. So the, the Seder is all about this gospel. It's all about bringing Mashiach. It's all about understanding what Hashem really wants from us exactly. That's what Passover is all about. And we today have just scratched the surface on this important topic. But we are out of time. We're not out of content. Be sure and join me tomorrow as we dive even deeper into Pesach and into the Seder, into the meaning and what God wants to reveal and show us, I feel excited about it. I hope you are too. There's an insight that says that part of what makes the Passover Seder great is anticipation. So let that anticipation build. I'll be back here tomorrow morning, God willing, to share with you more insights from Cephas Amos, from the Gutnik version of the Haggadah, from Ash, Rabbi Asher Wise, and so much more. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great and wonderful day. Be safe. Be joyful. We'll see everybody tomorrow.